All right. All right. Here we are. Yeah. Last week it was uh, a heavy news week. This week, uh, not so much. Well, there's a heavy story, but not a lot of news. Yeah. Very, very sad, sad story to open up with, but. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Connery uh, passed away at the age of 90. So that's, dude was a legend. Yeah. Very, very unfortunate news. I, I mean, phenomenal actor, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of legendary when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really done anything since, what, The League? The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Was that the last that one? W- that was, yeah. And I think, I don't know if he retired after that or or what the deal with that was, but but I believe that was when I looked at the MDP, his last one, so. Yeah. But very, it, very sad news. But it sounds like he, uh, he was 90 and he kind of went to sleep and he had kind of been battling some health issues beforehand so it seems like he at least went out in a peaceful way so mm-hmm. i guess there's some solace to that but yeah i mean definitely solace and you know knowing he didn't like suffer or anything like that you never want to hear that kind of bad bad shit so. yeah but but yeah the original james bond yeah the second best james bond in the whole history of james bond yeah that's debatable, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is up for interpretation. I, I I argue with people a lot on this. Not to like take anything away from his legacy. Yeah. It was an amazing Bond, but yeah. I'm a 90s kid, right? Like I grew up in the 90s in the golden age of GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies. So like... Yeah, that's fair. It's it's always going to be Pierce Brosnan for me. Yeah, I, th- I th- yeah, I think I'm probably the same way. Like that's who I think of because that's what I grew up with. But then as I got older and watched, like, all of the Bond movies, I was like, okay, I, I see where where all the other ones are and stuff like that. But, yeah, no, I definitely grew up in that era, too. Mm-hmm. So, Sam, sad news <sighs> on that one. Very unfortunate. Yeah. But. Well, I guess we'll, I don't know, move <laughs> on to the rest of the news, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, do I don't want to sit here dwelling too much on it. It's, yeah. it's sad, and I mean, yeah. a moment of silence for... For good old Sean Connery, but yeah, yeah no, that sort fair. of thing happens. Yep, pretty much. And then we got some Marvel casting news for one of their Disney Plus series. Hey, I figured you'd be pretty hyped on this. Yeah, yeah, this is good. This is cool. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of Oscar Isaac, and I think Moon Knight is basically like the Marvel Batman. I think so. From mm-hmm. from what I understand, so yeah, no, this is super cool. I'm. Uh, I'm real down for this, and I like the, and I'm really excited for the simple fact that it's a Disney Plus, and yeah. not like like I don't have to wait three years for maybe it'll come to theaters, maybe it won't. Like it's gonna be a, a Disney series. Yeah, yeah, because which knows. has me all kinds of excited. Who knows if there's actually gonna be theaters? Yeah, well, yeah, that too. I just like not to get off topic, but still kind of on topic. While my fiance was here visiting, yeah, I was like, oh well, maybe I'll just check to see what's playing. Nope, nothing. Like the the theaters here are still open, but they're not playing new movies. Like there's everything they had in their like library of what I could go and pay money to see in the theater was all like old movies. Yeah, well, nothing's came out right, so it's like they got they're basically playing back catalogs, right? So it's yeah, but uh, yeah, this is cool news. Yeah, I'm very very excited for this. Yeah, I uh, it seems like they're kind of building up quite a bit of 
shows for that Disney Plus. Like, I think they're kind of going hard with that, which I'm already with. Because they got, yeah. like, that Miss Marvel show. They got the She-Hulk. They got WandaVision. They got that uh, Hawkeye's kid is getting one. And they got that uh, Falcon one. Like, they've just got a fucking shit down in the pipeline. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I'm alright. Maybe a good year for Disney. Yeah, I think so. So I think, yeah, this is cool, and uh, yeah, Oscar Isaac's great. I think he's really underrated. Well, I don't think anyone thinks he's underrated, but yeah, he's he's not underrated. But like, he never hits the list when you think of like Hollywood A-list celebrities. Right? Yeah, like you always hear the Brad Pitts, the Leonardo DiCaprios, yeah. and. Matthew McConaughey, Bradley Cooper. You don't really hear his name out there, but I mean, that like, cause I don't, he doesn't do those, like, he doesn't typically do like those massive, big budget, like Hollywood AAA titles, right? No. Like once in a blue moon he does, but it's not his bread and butter, right? Like, no. Leonardo DiCaprio, you don't see him in like small studio films or like budget films or anything like that, no matter how good the story may be. Yeah. But like, that's, it seems that's, where Oscar Isaac tends to be the most or in the films that you probably haven't even heard of. Yeah, exactly. But he, he fucking kills it in all those roles. Like he is definitely like I rank him like right near the top there with like James McAvoy and like just phenomenal yeah. range. Yeah, I think he's yeah, like when I think of James McAvoy and like I, I think of Oscar Isaac too. Like I kinda think of uh those two and um oh shit, what can they remember his name? Dude who played Magneto, young Magneto. Uh, oh yes fastbender um, yes i kind of think of all three of them in like the same kind of like range where like they all kind of like it seems like i started watching movies and tv and like they all kind of came onto the scene at the same time and they're mm-hmm. all really good so yeah that's fair yeah it's like i don't know so it's weird to say like highly underrated because he's not underrated but he definitely doesn't get the yeah, he's just, he's just the praise that he that he really deserves. Yeah, he's I guess he's not like your stereotypical like like you kind of said like a list kind of like typical Hollywood actor, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, he's solid. Yeah, so. it's, it's not every day I flick on TMZ and they're like Oscar Isaac spotted at the. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the bar to to get to that a list status? He's got to be on like TMZ or something. Yeah, if if TMZ is hounding you, then you know, you know, you know, you've made it, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Yeah, it's in most <laughs> cases worse. But. Yeah, pretty much. That <laughs> uh, reminds yeah, me of that so Entourage episode where, fucking drama, where they had drama on TMZ. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, random <laughs> thought, but but yeah, I'm excited for that yeah. show. Yeah, me too. I'm also just like the more news I hear about it, the more and more excited I'm getting about the new Suicide Squad that James Gunn is helming. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. This this is interesting because uh, he was doing this interview, and uh, I guess the key takeaway that this article runs with, at least, is uh, DC kind of gave him creative control to literally kill anyone in the movie he wanted to, and according to this article, like he straight up like was like, all right, I'm going to do that then. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, he did such a good job with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. That I think 
He's just one of those people that I think when you put him at the helm of any kind of big superhero-esque movie, that he's going to knock it out of the park. And yeah. Like, nothing against David Ayer, Ayer, because I like him. Like, End of Watch is still one of my favorite movies. Yeah, me too. Love that movie. Yeah. His, the one he did with Shia LaBeouf recently, not so much. Not yeah. so much. Yeah, fair enough. That being said, like, he's, he's a good director and a yeah. good writer and all that other stuff, but, like... Sorry, David, but there's just no way that James Gunn's su- his version of Suicide Squad doesn't like demolish yours. Yeah, yeah, and the, he even kind of talks about that, like in this article, because he he was talking and they're like, uh, so like, how does this tie into the first one? And his exact quote was like, um, it's its own thing. It doesn't like contradict the first movie. And then he's like, I don't think it does. Well, maybe it does. I don't know. So it's like he's <laughs> he's like. Seems like they kind of was like, yeah, like you can touch on the first movie or you cannot like. (laughs) Yeah, do whatever you want. Uh, Nothing is better than when you give like, like a really good creative person complete and total creative control. Yeah, for sure. I feel like so often you see in Hollywood, they like, you know, we'll have a showrunner come in and it just takes away, you know, from what the actual creative people want to do like a perfect example of that is when they tried to get Dan Harmon under control in community and then eventually kicked him from his own show. And that show tanked immediately. Yeah. Like without the creative mind behind it. Like, yeah. And then like, I guess uh, the more common example today would be the Marvel movies, right? It's like they don't get all this creative freedom. They're, they kind of are like, hey, you want to do this movie? And then they give them a binder and they're like, you got to abide by these rules and like do these things and have this person come in, you know, with these points, right? So Yeah, well, even even the cast is what blew me away. I remember oh, reading yeah. an article where they're like, there's when you, you know, sign on to do a Marvel movie for them as an actor, like there's a long list of things you have to do. You can't do this. You can't do that. You have to follow a strict diet. They provide you with like a chef and a trainer and you mm-hmm. have to eat what they put in front of you and you have to train when they tell you to train. Like it's, yeah. it's very strict. Yeah. Like they've, they've got it down to this kind of like archaic formula that it, I mean, like it works. So yeah, but yeah, it does. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's, and I think from the sounds of it, like I remember in kind of other interviews when James Gunn started this, he kind of talked about how he was like, really excited about like not having some of those restrictions you know like mm-hmm. on a marvel movie like dc was just like yo here do what you want so and i feel like taking yeah. you know that's what made those guardians movies so good is like this ragtag group right so you know you take that with the suicide squad and then just like take all the leashes off and tell the director to fucking have at her you know yeah not not that you can't have a comic book character-based movie without you know foul language or like blood or gore but i mean it definitely definitely adds to it so like that's what i'm excited to see right like with guardians of the galaxy being a disney movie you know they have to make sure it's open to a broad family-friendly audience so you don't see a lot of vile like actual violence anything graphic you don't get the dirty language the vulgar humor right a lot of that is taken out because they got to try and keep the rating as family friendly as they possibly can but you give them the helm of like suicide squad and you give them full freedom and complete creative control like i'm excited to see where this goes yeah me too i in um like i when this was first announced like i i kind of didn't care i was like eh, like yeah 
and like kind of the more information that comes out about this and after that like dc panel um i think it was a month or two back you know getting more information from that i was kind of like okay now i actually kind of want to see this so like this mm-hmm. looks this looks good i'm curious to see what this plays out especially being that oh god when that they dropped that cast trailer it's like fucking 22 people or something like that yeah it's wild so like you got to think a bunch of them are just you know after reading this article like does half of that get killed i mean i guess only time will tell yeah so and it's it's probably not gonna be that john cena character because he's got that hbo max show coming up but yeah that's true unless that's a prequel who knows but it's hard to keep track these days you never really fucking know what anyone's doing with anything anymore no so so yeah this is uh yeah i got yeah i got way more excited about this movie after reading this article like okay cool Mm -hmm. so and then sort of what to balance that out we're gonna give some like sad news again Uh, i wouldn't say sad news well okay maybe not sad but like potentially disappointing i don't know how i feel about this like so Adam Sandler is uniting with the director of the limited HBO series Chernobyl yes. to do a Netflix film called The Spaceman of Bohemia. Yes. And it says right in here it's not a comedy. No, it's, it's actually a, drama. It's like a serious drama. Yeah, so I'm curious because like he throws out these just I haven't I didn't watch it, but we just happened to like look at the preview for Hubie Halloween the other night, my fiance and I. Yeah. And it was like, and then, I don't know, we got to talk and we got distracted. So that like it with Netflix, you click on it, it plays the preview, then it just starts playing the movie. So like yeah. without paying attention, like I think 15 minutes had elapsed with it playing in the background. <laughs> and it got to the point where both of us were like, okay, even though we're not paying attention, we need to like, turn something else on. Because it's just that bad that yeah. neither of us could even handle it as background noise. So he does these god awful comedies. I, and like kudos to Sandler for like landing such an amazing deal where he can do whatever the fuck he wants and if i had his money and status and power like absolutely i would just go and do a bunch of stupid one-off movies where i literally get paid to hang out with my friends like that sounds like a great time that being said it's just it none of it has been that good with the exception of uncut gems it's like he releases these turds and you're like, wow, Sandler lost it. Like, whatever happened to Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore? Yeah. But then Uncut Gems comes out, and you're like, oh, shit, no. Like, Sandler, yeah, okay, he is a real guy. Yeah. And then a couple months later, you get Hubie Halloween, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, so, see, I, when I read this, I, I like, I got excited because I was like, oh, this is, like, him doing something like Uncut Gems again. And I thought Uncut Gems was great, and I think when he tackles some of those, like, se- more serious roles... um, like, I think he, he kills it. Um, so it's kind of going to be like that, you know, with the Chernobyl guy. And he kind of brings it like he did in Uncut Gems. Sign me the fuck up. Yes, and I'm still torn. Like, Uncut Gems was good, but, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, to <laughs> me, like, you got to think, being that this, like, this is not going to be a comedy. Like, it's going to be kind of a space drama kind of thing or whatever whatever the tagline for it is but yeah like if if you can bring it out like you did with uncut gems you know with the chernobyl guy you know kind of coaching them along and it's a good movie sign me right up because i i was a big fan of that uncut gems movie yeah that's fair i just i, I don't know it just it scares me like un- yeah that's for fair. me uncut gems kind of came out of nowhere 
where like I didn't expect it to be what it was and I didn't expect him to be the way he was in that movie right. and it was a shock and a surprise but a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think he knocked it out of the park. But then I just keep seeing his his never-ending library of just terrible movies on Netflix and just it just always makes me scared whenever I see like Adam Sandler's going to do like a serious role. I'm always like, "Ah oh, god, I don't know is it going to work out?" Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually weird cuz um I think it was right after Uncut Gems came out. Um, Variety does their like actors on actors series, um, where two actors just kind of like interview each other and talk. And him and Brad Pitt did one, um, and apparently they like they've known each other for a very long time. Um, and they were talking about like him signing up for Uncut Gems, and he was asking like, "Yeah, like this typically isn't like what you normally do and stuff like that." And he was like, "No, like that's like he was like those comedy movies are my bread and butter, but." Every once in a while, I get something that he kind of can sink his teeth into that he can, like, really relate to. And he's like, that's usually when I do those, so. Oh, fair enough. So it kind of sounded like he doesn't do the, like, I guess, serious roles unless he can kind of connect to them a little bit, so. Which is maybe why he's good in the few he is in. And maybe. I mean, maybe this turns out to be phenomenal. So, like, I... I'll check it out. It, like I'm definitely, oh, yeah. it's gonna be on my list, but I'm I'm pres- I'm proceeding with caution. extreme caution just because yeah. I'm I'm that's I fair. have my concerns. I think that's a fair thing to do. So yes, given the last few uh, Netflix Adam Sandler movies after Uncut Gems, I think that's that's a fair that's a fair place to come from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get that. Well, speaking of Netflix, uh, yeah. New home to an Assassin's Creed live action series. And yes, and some other stuff. So they're also going to do some animated and anime stuff with it too. Yeah, I really, I honestly won't probably no. watch any of the animated or anime stuff, but I'm very curious to see how they do a live action. Uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm going to, ass- I'm going to assume they're not bringing back. Uh, it was Fastbender in that one, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I have a feeling. I. <laughs> I did the the Assassin's Creed movie was not mind blowing to me. It didn't rock my world. But that being said, I didn't think it was a massive pile of shit. No. As some of the other video game turn movies. No, me neither. Um but it like I definitely uh, that was one of those cases where I was like, that wasn't a good movie, but that wasn't a bad movie either. I was like, that was Yeah. That was a movie and I watched that, and I kind of walked out of the theater and was like, well, that's like two hours, I'm not going to get back, but I don't know if I regret it. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, oh, I don't really know what to think. So, but yeah, I don't think they're going to bring Fastbender back. I think this is maybe its own thing. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful, but... Yeah, I feel like... I know Netflix has been doing pretty good with this video game stuff. Like, they got the Witcher stuff. You know, they got that Resident Evil stuff um, coming up. Like, it seems like they're kind of maybe doing right to the video game stuff on Netflix so far. So Yeah, well, there's and there's some other stuff in here that I, like, we, maybe we talked about and I forgot. But, like, no, we definitely talked about the Splinter Cell anima- yeah. animated series. Yeah. Which... <sighs> That's not what I'm, I want a Splinter Cell series to be, but... No, I want 
circa what 10 years ago now when there was talks of doing a live action splinter cell movie with tom hardy tom hardy that that i would have been all in on yeah, so me i'm too. kind of i feel ripped off Maybe that's why I don't have any love toward the Splinter Cell animated series. Yeah, fair but enough. I did not know, this is news to me, that they're going to make a movie based on their best-selling game, The Division, the Tom Clancy's The Division, Oh yeah, with Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal. That's going to be a movie. Yeah. Yep. Did not did not know that. Yeah, that was announced um, a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know where I was on that, but I definitely missed oh yeah. that, because I fucking well, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I love all of Tom Clancy's shit, so, like, fucking yes. Yeah, yeah. when I first uh, read that Division News, I was like, I I like the Tom Clancy stuff. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, and I like Jessica Chastain, so this is a win for me. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a a take my money. Um, But, yeah. I'm curious how they do this series, like, or if they're going to... Like, are they going to follow some of the games storylines or are they gonna uh, like do their own thing like they did with that fastbender movie kind of <sighs> where it's like kind of following loosely but maybe not i feel like if they did one hour episodes and did 10 to 12 episodes per season and each season followed an individual game because like each game that comes out takes place in a different era and a different time right and they all kind of have like small links to each other uh well they did so, uh, yeah they Got real fucked up over the years, so like it kind of gets super weird. Where like the most recent games are like very, very loosely tied to like that stuff. Yeah, it's fucking mm. weird that way. So like that's why I'm curious. Like, are they gonna d- do it like the games, where it's like hey, there's this storyline like inside the Animus, which is I guess where they go to the historical times, and then there's a, this other storyline outside of it. You know, which that movie had that right. You know, so yeah. are they going to go down that route or is it maybe just like, hey, here's the show and it's just based on historical and maybe there's some light stuff outside of it? I don't know. I feel like it would if they did light stuff outside the Animus with the majority of it taking place inside. Yeah. And I, I still personally, I, I think you need at least 10 episodes of an hour each to cover that kind of material. Yeah. And do and and I personally, again, this is just my personal opinion. I think in order for this to be a success, you go each game as a season. That that's my thoughts. I mean, realistically, <sighs> I, let's let's be completely fucking honest here. This doesn't make it past season three anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. So um, don't even worry about that shit. But with the first three Assassin's Creed games, which are by most accounts from the gamer community the most beloved of this series. Yeah. Like, once you hit fucking Assassin's Creed, what, Black Flag? Everything kind of turns to shit. Uh, well, some of those games were decent, and some were very much not so much. And uh, Right, see, but if you talk yeah. to the diehard fans, they'll all tell you that once we hit Black Flag, everything went downhill. After that. like Not a, that they were terrible, yeah. but they went downhill. Oh, yeah. Lots of people even think Black Flag was the catalyst for, oh, really? for the shit pile, but... Mm. Weird. That's my take on it. Yeah. I hope... And if they don't want to, I mean, well, Netflix isn't going to fucking listen to anything I have to say, but I feel like that's the, uh, the that's the winning formula if they want to make this work. But See, I think they should almost just kind of try to do a separate, like, story. Like, I think this is one of those cases where it would actually work, because, like, they could just set up whatever base storyline of, like, hey, here's 
here's these people that can go into this animus thing and plug into the past and then find a good historical setting whether it's one from the games or not and just fucking roll with it like i don't think they need to go to any of the games to be honest and i disagree with you because who's going to be the people that are into this and want to watch it the people who played the games Uh, right but uh, like i Yes, but, it'll bleed over and there'll be audiences who've never played the games who'll see it on Netflix and check it out for sure. But the diehard fan base that, that you're going to like, you need a fan base, right? Yeah. You, in order to keep the show going, in order to make it profitable and successful, you need a fan base. And of course you want to lure in outside fans, but you need a core fan base. And that core fan base is going to be made up of the people that grew up playing these games. And I would love for you to point out any other video game turned movie in the history of video game turned movies where they went, we're not going to follow the game. We're going to take these characters and we're going to make our own complete fucking story out of this and point to me any one of those that have been successful. Well, I mean, it'd be a lot easier if there was a successful video game movie, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, Well, just just like, look at them like Silent Hill. Yeah. Doom. No, like, I mean, in the sense that like, like, yeah, if I think if you look at like those games and like the audience, like I, I could be wrong about this, but I bet it's not the, like, story outside of the historical setting that, like, maybe they're in love with. And, and yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, like, get creative with, like, what's going on outside the Animus and explaining how someone gets into the Animus and goes through that. Like, I'm it, all for exploring that and maybe getting a little creative with it. But as far as, like, the core material of each individual season or episode goes, I... I strongly believe their best bet is to tie in as closely to the video games as possible because if they alienate the the core fans who would want to actually watch this, Netflix doesn't have a good track record of enticing like new audiences into it. Like even The Witcher, like if you look at the statistics on that, it has a big audience and it did successful, but the bulk of the people that touted that show and like got other people to watch that show were people who were fans of the game and thought that it did the game justice, right? Like, like I said, like my parents watched the Witcher and enjoyed it, but they never would have watched it if my brother hadn't convinced them to. And if my brother thought it didn't live up well to the video games, he would have thought it was shit and he wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. That's where it kind of bleeds over. Yeah. And I think, um, the thing that Assassin's Creed has going for it that that game doesn't is I think, um, Oh, our, or Craigbot decided to join us. Yeah. Um, but I think what uh, the Assassin's Creed uh, series has for it that The Witcher doesn't is the Assassin's Creed is way more main- mainstream. So like, a, like even like a, you would consider like I guess not the diehard gamers, but like maybe your average ones would probably be like they're more likely to play this than The Witcher, right? So it's yeah. Well, I, I guess we'll see. Yeah, let's uh, we can we can place our it's not out yet, but we can place our bets now. And and my bet is on if it doesn't pull heavily from the actual game franchise itself, that it ends up becoming a flop and Netflix cancels it. Yeah. You can stand on the side that you want it to be not game related and it'll do good. Well, no, I don't we'll mean like evaluating a little bit non game related, like where it doesn't tie into any of it. But I mean, like, like non game related, like don't just take like one of the games and do that as a TV show. Like, yeah, pull in like some of the lore and stuff from the games is is what i meant like yeah do that but like don't just carbon copy a story from one of the games 
Okay, then how do you feel about the Last of Us series? Well, I feel like that's a lot more story driven. So like that's like Are you saying the Assassin Creed games are not story driven, Lance? <laughs> not in my Is that uh, what I'm hearing? Yeah, not yeah. I'll stand by that. Uh, that wow. <laughs> maybe they are, but they aren't good. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. He's shitting all over Ubisoft. Yeah. I don't play those games for the story. Let's just say that. Fair enough. But I play The Last of Us for the story. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be fair curious. Enough. And and like to be fair, like I think it to- can totally work either way. Like I think either way is an acceptable way to do it, but Mhm. It's just preferences, I guess, right? So it's Yeah. I, that's true. I mean yeah. Who knows how this is going to pan out? We have no idea where they're pulling the story from, how creative they're yeah. going to get, how tying it's going to be. Like, there's still so many un- unknowns, unknown variables in this situation. That's just my belief that yeah. if it's to be successful, that's the road I personally think they should take. Yeah. And, and l- there's nothing wrong with being on the other side of that coin. Yeah. And I guess, like, my more firm position would be like, I really don't care either other way, you know, for the most part. I'm just kind of more curious to know what it is. So, but. As long as they don't fuck up the Division movie, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm way more excited about that than I am this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Just because there's a lot they can do or cannot do, I guess. Cause yeah. It's got like fucking like 12 games or something in that series. So. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot. Fuck. So yeah, they can. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, in other Netflix news, um, John David Washington is, uh, he's got a movie there with, uh, Alicia Vikander, Boyd Hallbrook, and, uh, someone that I d- else that I don't recognize. But Alicia. Yeah. I, you should know this by now. I butcher every name. <laughs> you should know this I by now. I, I only know that because, like, I watched one of those, uh, Wired's, like, auto complete interviews with oh. her it was like how do you pronounce and she's like it's alicia vikander or vikander uh, oh yeah okay I, I butcher so many names i've gotten past apologizing for it that's fair <laughs> it's an odd name to uh, yeah but i'm excited for this because yeah. i like i'm a huge fan of his now like ever since like my introduction to him watching him on uh ballers like fucking killed it and then yeah. he's been on a non-stop path of destruction yeah pretty much so. with everything he's done and i'm a big fan of of alicia's like i yeah. really like a lot of people hated it i really liked her tomb raider i personally thought they were way better than angelina jolie's tomb raider yeah and then let's not forget how amazing she was in ex machina yes yeah she was really good in that. i think that was the first thing i saw her in um yeah she's good i really like boyd Hallberg too i think he's pretty decent mm-hmm. um let's see how this yeah, by all accounts, this seems uh, seems really good because the tagline is kind of it maybe seems like John David Washington and uh, Alicia, or however the fuck you pronounce it, or maybe Alicia. In, Alicia, okay. Um, they're in like Greece or something, vacationing as a couple, and then they kind of fall into a violent conspiracy with a bunch of consequences. It's like, all right, sign me up for that. Yeah, I love me a good, like, murder mystery thriller, psychological yeah. thriller. Like, those are my favorite fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of those, too. So, it's I'm totally on board with this. 
So, yeah, I, you know, as much as we bitch about like Netflix canceling everything, you know, after three seasons, I, you gotta say they're killing it with their movies. Yeah, they're doing. I I, I will admit Netflix is doing good on their movie front, yeah. but fuck me, am I getting tired of them just ruining all these amazing shows? Just axing stuff. So yeah, there it's was just really fucking pissing me off. I can't remember if it was last. It was a few weeks. Ago. I can't remember when it was, but it was a story, and I forgot to put it in. But th- there was actually some shuffling going on in Netflix. I think with some of the like upper management content positions, so maybe that changes going forward. Hopefully, like I, I, I feel like they just they're trying to because like it's not uncommon or unknown knowledge. Like Netflix hasn't genuinely made a profit yet. Yeah, like they're still they're still spending money, and they're not they're not a profitable company. Yeah, and they've been around for a long time, and they're a streaming behemoth, right? Like, I like think everyone knows Netflix. I think they made profit. I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers. I've never been that curious enough. But yeah, well, yeah, maybe like I'm misrepresenting it or whatever. But I definitely have read some reports that, as far as like Netflix's like profitability and like they have money in the sense like you know there's you can buy Netflix shares and stuff like that. But like as far as the company like turning a big profit for board members and the such it still hasn't happened yet and they just keep bringing in money and it's not really turning out big money but that's because they keep spending all this money to try and lure people in and then the good shows that they do have they fucking axe except for their like big groundbreaking ones right like i don't think i'm pretty sure we're gonna get more than three seasons out of uh stranger things yeah but i mean everything else nothing else makes it past three seasons on that fucking platform yeah, and they had, um, I want to say it was, a, maybe it was that same article um, where they released, like, some of the content things, or maybe it was an article I was reading of, like, they basically have a, a like, someone did, like, it was, like, a analyst report or something on, like, hey, why did they cancel stuff so early? And it's, like, this weird formula metric where it's, like, they take into account a bunch of stuff, and it's, like, if it doesn't hit that metric, it's not worth doing. Um so oh, but like dumping I'm sure millions of dollars into having like nineties fucking UFO television shows on the platform. Yeah. That's that's worth it. Get uh, the fuck out of here. Hey, maybe like, there's some really good stuff on Netflix, yeah. but I mean if you get bored one day and you like go through like documentary series and you see like you know, like oh, how to get away, not like the show how to get away with murder, but like that old like crime scene used to be i think it like they show reruns of it on all the time on that uh and maybe that crime csi crime scene discovery channel or whatever discovery id whatever the fuck it's called there's like old shitty crime shows that like nobody watched when they're on tv and certainly nobody's watching them now that they can get them with their netflix membership but like that kind of shit to have that on your platform costs money yeah but i bet that uh, like a lot of that older stuff doesn't cost that much so yeah maybe per maybe per ip per show it doesn't cost that much but when you scroll through the list of like shit you can watch on netflix okay maybe that one only costs a million dollars to have the rights to that show for a year but then so do these other 50 shows that are in the same boat so individually yeah sure they don't cost much but then you look at the budget and they're like oh we're spending a hundred million dollars a year on filler that that's what it is it's fucking filler and who knows personally I would love to see them have more filler of their own original shit. Yeah, true. But, you know, like, I, I, we're totally speculating on this because we don't work for Netflix. But, I, like, I wonder if maybe that filler is, like, silently, like, does, like, well enough where it's worth it for them to just keep having that stuff. 
So, um, well, I don't work for Netflix, but I am I am going to go on the record and say that I do know that that is a bad decision <laughs> and they're not making money off of it. You've heard it here first. Uh, fair enough. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, doing doing good in their movies, but yeah, their sh- their television TV series department is falling apart at the fucking seams. Uh, our Craig Bud has got a mind of its own today. Weird. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, yeah, background technical details, folks. Um, yeah, and like I'd be, I'm curious if Netflix um changes some of their tune because like I've seen way more articles lately where it's like, why is net like Netflix canceling things after three se- seasons? Like it seems like it's that's starting to, like maybe get like more popular outside of like the diehard movie p- and TV people. Where now it's like maybe a lot of people are like, hey, wh- why are these shows getting canceled? Like maybe, I like it seems like I've been seeing a lot more articles and stuff on that lately. So maybe they're gonna finally go, oh, people actually don't want us to do this. I don't know. I don't know either. I they need to take some of that money that they're throwing into these what I call filler shows and put those into the budgets of their own stuff. Because like Netflix has proven that they can come out with original netflix series and absolutely crush it in those regards yeah right and it's just it's unfortunate because like the like jokes aside and you're right we don't work for netflix so i mean all of it is speculation but i have to imagine that you know take something like the show the society which was near and dear to me which i was incredibly distraught about them canceling yeah. You can't tell me that you look at one of these 90s crime shows that's on there yeah. and tell me that the money you put into that 90s crime show is worth more than you putting that money into doing another season of The Society. Right, yeah. And in most cases, it's I feel like it's incredibly unfair to kill a show after a first season because the first season is always just a show trying to find its footing, trying to find out what works and what doesn't work right yeah that's true like if i gave up on shows just after their first season i never would have finished i never would have watched or got into like the office or parks and recreation or breaking bad for that matter yeah fair enough those are all some of my absolute all-time favorite shows and when i go back and re-watch them for a second time the first seasons were not very good and in most situations i end up like skipping right to the second or third season because to me, that's where it, you know, it found its groove. It found its rhythm. Yeah, that is true. So to kill a show off after one season, so that you can keep airing these like terrible '90s reruns, it's just I don't know. Put the money where it matters. Yeah, and I think it's going to end up being a case of like, you know, they just announced they were raising prices again. So I think it's going to be a case of like, if they keep canceling these shows that people are liking, y- you know, people are going to go like, well, why am I paying you Netflix? And they're going to start looking elsewhere. So like, I think it's starting to get to that point where there's some viable alternatives that have some good content where you could go, yeah, maybe it's not worth it to give Netflix the money. And I think people are going to start realizing that. So mm-hmm. is they're going to go, Oh, you're going to cancel all the shows that I do like. Uh, Amazon's not canceling the boys. Fuck it. I'll give them my money. Yeah, no, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Netflix. I'm fucking weird. Yeah, super weird. I would love to be a fly on the wall in like a boardroom where like some of those weird metrics come up and they're also buying like some of that old filler. Like I'd love to be a fly on the wall and be like, oh, wow, is that secretly making a shit ton of money? Or Like who knows, right? So. Well, it's, it's I think ultimately and I'm hoping that the CEO, CFO, the big wigs, the 
board of chairs, whatever, at Netflix is starting to realize now that it really is not quantity over quality. No. Like when when the streaming game first popped up, it that was the know, case. That was the thing, right? Yeah. Whoever had the most shit on their streaming platform yeah. was the one you went to because you yeah. had more variety, you had more yeah. options, and it worked. But for now them. with yeah. Yeah. And with so many streaming platforms out there now, it's not that case anymore. Yeah. If you have a million shows, but they all suck, you are not going to do better than Amazon. If Amazon only had five shows, but they were all amazing shows, they're going to get more people than, you know, Netflix, who has a million really shitty shows, right? Like, yeah. I'm so like, it's, and I understand like when you're set in your ways and something's worked for you for so long, but yeah. you know, the the mark of a good business is being able to adapt yeah. to the current times, the current climate and the way the world's going, right? You got to see the path you're on and you got to look 12 moves, moves ahead. And I, I feel like right now, just as a, a viewer, a consumer, someone who pays for these subscription services, I'm looking ahead going, it's not about the fact that you have 10,000 shows I can watch. Yeah. If I only want to watch 20 of those shows, I don't yeah. care about the other, you know, 9,000. And, and maybe they're starting to, like kind of realize that going into movies and maybe that's a case of like they're just sucked into a bunch of these you know uh contracts where they've got all this back catalog feeling they're like all right well we got this till whatever date so who knows right like yeah well and hopefully their budget opens up a little bit more now that they're not renewing the office come the new year because yeah fuck the expense that was yeah so maybe like that's what i mean like maybe some of these deals kind of start to expire and they're like looking on where to put that money, you know, maybe they are a little more wiser about it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird business. Yeah. Well, you know, if Marvel fails to hire us and DC fails to hire us, then Netflix, our options are open. We'll tell you how to figure your it shit is. out too. Yes. Really, when we say that, we're just looking for a job in Hollywood. So really anyone, just give us yeah. a call. <laughs> Absolutely. Except Quibi, don't. Well, lose my number uh, I, I i don't think would be could afford us <laughs> <laughs> and we're not expensive <laughs> no we're cheap as fuck <laughs> yeah oh fuck fucking quibi I, I i was going through my phone the other day and i saw the quibi app and i was like all right i didn't Better delete this now well i i was gonna i don't know why i should it's still on there i should open it just to see i don't remember if they announced when they were gonna kill it or not like officially kill the app. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm just gonna keep it on my phone as a reminder that Quibi was once a thing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Well, on to our last piece of exciting news, which yeah. is exciting for me. I don't know if anybody else in the world really cares, but we're getting a season twenty three of Big Brother. Yeah, that's a big fucking deal to me. Yeah, that is one of my all time favorite reality shows. So yeah, and I, Holla. I think you were maybe concerned about whether it was gonna get written or not. I always have my concerns because right. anytime a season, like watching a season and it's like, fuck, this is not very good. Yeah. And by all accounts, as much as like it ended the way I had kind of hoped it ended and got a little bit better. Yeah, like yeah. this all-star season was, it was really a mockery and a joke of the whole fucking show. Yeah. That's like, I mean, this was season 22. They had 21, 21 fucking seasons worth of players to pull from. And they pulled some good ones. Don't get me wrong. Some of the people they brought back for All-Stars, I was like, yep, absolutely. Janelle, Kaser, fucking absolutely. All on board for that shit. But then some of the other people they pulled, 
Like to bring freaking Bailey back. Not an all-star. Did not deserve to be on that season. Fucking David. The furthest thing from an all-star. Yeah. Like, and I, I have to imagine for CBS, it's a huge embarrassment for them to have David on this show where he was the first one eliminated last season. Right. The very first one out the fucking door. Straight up admitted after the fact that after he got eliminated that he'd never watched Big Brother before. Yeah. That he didn't follow the show before. And then they invite him back and this gives him time to prep. And he doesn't. He, he like he, he on record like Ovi who was in the last season who got eliminated in like the first I don't know he's one of the first five house guests out. He was a Big Brother super van and connected with David when David got asked to come back for the all-star season. Again don't know why not an all-star in no way shape or form. And Ovi tried to help him prepare, was like, these are the seasons you need to watch. Yeah. These are the things that you need to study. And he straight up on camera when he got back into the house said, oh, Ovi told me to check this and this and watch that and that, but I didn't do any of it. I didn't really prepare at all. Yeah. And then literally only made it to jury because he floated by, but he was on the block like eight goddamn times. And oh, every shit. time he almost got sent home, but was saved at the last minute because someone else was like, look, we know David doesn't play the game. We know he's not going to win the game. We know he's not good at the game. So he's an easy the one to just sit, stick around. Yeah. 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 The person sitting next to him, that person is a former all-star. We got to get them out. We'll yeah. fucking worry about David next week because we don't even have to worry about David. We'll get him out when we get him out. He's not doing anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's and fair. oh man. So yeah. Well, do we we'll want to get into this when I, when I, uh, when we start talking about what I was going to say, do you just want to continue with the big brother? Yeah, I mean, like, this is the last piece of news if we want to segue right into uh, what, what we I mean, this yeah. week. I can keep on my little fucking sure. tirade here. Yeah, don't <laughs> slow the momentum down. Yeah, well, so, like, Big Brother fucking, they did their season finale here, okay. and it was a good one. It, yeah. it, it ended up being uh, Enzo and Cody in the final two. Okay. Enzo, Cody, and Nicole in the final three. Okay. And it was so painful, to painful to watch. Well, like, I was going to ask, because, like, like, your discussions on, like, uh, yeah, maybe some of these people weren't all stars. Like, was it like a decent like lineup of all stars at the end? Like, I, I like I don't know who those. I don't think I okay, recognize. Yeah, to, to be fair, to be fair, by the time they got to the end, the final five, four out of the final five were all stars. Okay. Like Memphis, definitely an all star, right. and he got knocked out, which left Cody, who got second place in his season, right? Enzo, who got third place in his season, uh, Nicole who got first place. She won her season. Right. And Christmas, who I think she made it to like final four on her season. But again, it was a, she was running around on, like she was riding someone. Someone was giving her a piggyback in her season and fell down and she broke her leg. Yeah. I remember that. Cause that was one of the seasons I watched. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I honestly don't recall what place she came in, Me in either. her season, yeah. but she kind of coasted to whatever position she finished that season out in. Because it was a whole lot of like, oh no, you know, Christmas came this so like so far and then broke her leg. We right. feel bad for her, but right. it wasn't like she fucking killed it, which was super annoying this season to listen to her like brag about how far she made it in the season with a broken leg. And it's like, girl, don't fucking kid yourself. Yeah, go back and actually watch your season. You didn't get as far as you did because you were an amazing player. Yeah, you broke your leg, and there's a whole lot of sim sympathy there. Yeah, I digress. The final four was Cody, Enzo, Nicole, and Christmas. And Christmas was gunning for Cody and Enzo. Like, yeah. wanted them out. More so Cody. Wanted to get Cody out. And straight up told Nicole, hey, like, 
keep me in here when we get to final three. If it's you and me versus Cody or you and me versus Enzo, I'll take you, you'll take me. And that would have been the only scenario that Nicole would have won Big Brother. If she fucking went up against Cody, she would have lost. If she went up against Enzo in the final two, she would have lost. The jury would have voted the other way because right. she kind of floated through that game too. So she ended up going, no, Cody Cody says he's going to take me to final two. So even though I don't know what was going through her head, there's no way if her and Cody were sitting final two that she was going to win against Cody. Right. But she decided to fucking... They got Christmas out, and then, of course, it came down to the final three, and Cody fucking won and got to decide who's coming with him, and he fucking booted Nicole out the door because he knew he would win against Enzo because Enzo didn't really win anything that whole season. He just floated his way to where right. he was because he's, he's a good talker, and he's friendly with everyone. Right. But he wasn't, like, a good... He didn't have an all-around good game, whereas right. Cody was, like, really good with the social game, really good with the competitions, right. winning shit left and right, but still keeping people on his side. Right. So, so like Cody and Cody ended up winning like good for him. Yeah. He deserved to win and he did win. So I'm happy for him in that regard. But that last like 30 minutes of the series or the season finale was painful because Nicole gets eliminated. So she has to go like outside, talk to Julie and she's crying. She's upset. And then she immediately goes to meet up with the jury yeah. to sit down and cast their vote for who's going to win. And the whole time everyone's like asking the the final two questions and shit. She's just sitting in her chair and like you could like just looking at her. She's not looking at anyone. She's not looking at the camera. She's not looking at the screen. She's like spaced off in her own oh, little world. Really? Like, Fuck, what did I do? God damn it. Cody betrayed me. Like she was oh, just super a wreck. fucking pissed and then super upset. And it was very apparent. And I understandably so. Yeah. Cause she's in she's in for a real fucking real shocker. Now that she's back in the real world. Oh, why? Did she say some stuff that she shouldn't have or something? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Like every season, you get people in this house and they, for some reason, forget that the cameras are on 24 7. And the cameras, are, yeah. So at one point, her, Memphis, and someone else were cracking jokes at Ian. Oh, I remember who you was telling me about a this. A former Big Brother winner. Yeah, I remember and you telling me. And also is on the, on the spectrum. Right. And they were like rocking back and forth, making fun of him. That's and right. And she's. Nicole's whole job is a social media influencer. Oh, yeah. Something tells me that's not going to be. Uh, yeah. Be so a bunch prevalent. of her uh, sponsors dropped her. She's actually getting married in like a month in December, I think. Okay. Yeah. And she had some company. I can't remember what the name of the company is, but they were sponsoring. They're, a, they're an alcohol company and they were sponsoring her wedding. Like they were providing all of the alcohol, all of the wine oh, yeah. for her for her wedding. And when this all started going down, they came out and they were like, we don't support that kind of behavior and we've dropped Nicole. So, like, she's going to come out of this Big Brother house, go meet up with Victor, which who's another former Big Big Brother player yeah. that she's engaged to be wed to. Yeah. And then she's going to find out not only did she make a terrible decision by getting rid of Christmas, she got booted out as number three. So she didn't win fuck all. At least if you win second, you get $50,000. Yeah. So... She blew her shot at winning. She blew her shot at 50000 She didn't win any of the luxury comps, so she got no, like, big prize money. Like, they do $10,000 competitions. Didn't get any of that. Yeah. And then on top of that, she's Victor's going to have to sit her down and be like, oh, by the way, we lost this sponsor and this sponsor and this sponsor and this sponsor. Yeah. Like, her, her social media influencer thing is going to be... Kind of dead in the water. I... I don't follow her on Instagram, but I have to imagine because the final episode was on Wednesday, just like three days ago. Yeah. 
that it's been nothing but like massive apologies over Instagram. Oh, probably. You got to think it's like just it's, recovery mode now. Do, oh yeah, absolutely. But I think it's too little too late. She's getting married in a month yeah. and she's lost a whole bunch of her sponsors and therefore a whole bunch of her income and didn't win anything in the house. Yeah. Like she's just in the worst position possible. Yeah. Well, it's like maybe think before you do stupid shit like that. Like, fuck. Don't be assholes, people. Yeah, I don't know. It happens every year. Every year there's some kind of controversy because some of the house guests are fucking mouthing off and then they come out into the real world to find out that they don't have a job anymore. <laughs> and it's like, well, what? You're firing me? Oh, yeah. It turns out we don't like to have racists on national television talking about how they work for our company. Uh, yeah, it's like, Golly gee. Yeah. But, yeah, so the whole season, like, it ended the way I want. Like, uh, there's other people I wanted to win, but... right. As far as when we got down to, like, final six, final five, I was like, okay, Cody deserves to win. He better fucking win. And he right. did. So I'm I'm content and happy about that. But so it was not an all-star season. Like, there were so many people. Most of the people in the house, to be fair, either got first, second, or third in the seasons they played in. But right. then there were people on that show, and I'm specifically talking Bailey and fucking David, that were not top-tier players. They right. were not amazing players. Like, a, like... I don't want to play like the race card, but I swear to God, it was like CBS is like, okay, we need more people of color. So let's fucking call back to some fan favorite people and cast them oh. in an all-star season, which kind of bugs me. Cause like, if you, I, like, I don't care what the color of anyone's skin is. I don't care what their background is, if they're religious or not. Like none of that matters to me. If you're going to have an all-star season, it should be filled with all-stars. Yeah. And in my opinion, it was not. Okay. So with, like, with, it's just, yeah, go ahead. with all that being said, like, are you, are you happy with this season? Like, was it, like, enjoyable, or, like, were you satisfied, like, when it ended, or were you just like, eh, that was, like, a mad Big Brother season? Uh, it was, it was a pretty low-key mess season. Okay. Like, I still enjoyed it, but right. it wasn't as good as, you know, like, last season was hit and miss. Yeah. The season before that was, was pretty decent. The season before that, my favorite Big Brother player of all time, Cody Nixon. That was an amazing season, despite him not even making it to jury. But that right. guy's my fucking favorite. He's the best Big Brother player, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Just because he's stone cold and he, like, no fucking filter. Right. Like, straight up, like, wins HOH and is like, yeah, I'm going to nominate you and I'm going to nominate you because I don't like you. <laughs> I, like, just. I wonder if that oh, was the season so I watched. I think that might have been. I don't know. I can't remember. He got booted out. I'm so happy because, like, he was in that show with Jessica and they ended up, like, you know, falling in love in that season. Yep. And then they ended up in real life, like getting married. And yeah, after that season ended, they went on to um, CBS's Amazing Race. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're in on. And they actually won. Oh, no shit. They won the Amazing Race that year, yeah. I think Amazing Race is a cool show. I, I check that yeah, out so every once in a while. Yeah. Good for them. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a moderate season. It wasn't the best. It, it There was a lot of potential, and it was kind of sad seeing some of the former, like, real all-stars of Big Brother where people were like fan tweeting them like why did you not go on this sh the this all-star season and a lot of them were like plain and simple nobody asked i wasn't asked to be a part of this all-star right. season right so it's just like kind of like cbs what were you thinking like right. you some of these people should have not been on the season but mostly david man like it's i i hope cbs learned their lesson because like even they do like the episodes with um where they like sit the jury down and talk to the jury and be like, okay, how do you think the game's going so far? And what are your thoughts? And then David will give his thoughts. And like everyone else is kind of looking at him like, what are you doing are here? You <laughs> yeah. Are you stupid? Cause he'll be like, Oh, I think, you know, 
with the, these four people left in the house, I think so-and-so can win it because they're a really good player. And everyone else is like, what? That person's not going to win. They were not a good player. They yeah. didn't do this. They didn't do that. And he's like, well, I mean, they like were like really friendly and stuff. And everyone's kind of like, well, yeah, but there's you can't just be a friendly person. Like, you have to play the game. Like, there's multiple aspects to it. And he was just absolutely oblivious to it. Like, anytime he opened his mouth and talked about Big Brother... It was just embarrassing. It's like, why are you on this show? You shouldn't be on the show. And like, I'm sure he's a really nice guy in real life. And yeah, I'm sure he's like super pumped that he made it as far as he did and far enough that he landed in jury. Yeah. But he did not deserve to be on that show. He did not deserve to be on that season. He did not deserve to make it to jury. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So that was, that's my whole feelings about Big Brother. It really fucking, a lot of it really chapped my ass. Okay. That's fair enough. But I'm happy that there's a new season because that just gives CBS an opportunity to do a fucking better next time. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And the turnaround time, I think, on these are fairly quick, are they not, for seasons? Well, it's every summer, okay. so the new season new season of Big Brother won't start until, like, July or August. Oh, okay. Oh, I got you. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you got that. Yeah, Big Brother rant over. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, you got to get it out. Yes, yes. And then, so I watched, finished off that American Horror Story season, that carnival season. Yeah, pretty mediocre, eh? I, I actually liked it more than I thought I would near the end. But, like, it, it w- I would definitely say it's, like, at the bottom of the ranking as far as seasons go. But actually, like, I think it was last weekend I talked about it. I watched the first three and was like, eh, this is like you said pretty mediocre and then it actually kind of started to pick up and i actually enjoyed it way more than i thought i would um oh that's good yeah like i actually liked um the, the strong man like the dude that was in the shield uh, the stuff with him and the kid mm-hmm. i thought was really good turning out to be his son i thought a lot of that stuff was done really well and michael chick chickless is that his name yeah i think so yes i think so anyway yeah um i thought that stuff was really well done um the kind of like overall like a dude trying to like buy the freak show people to put them in a museum. I thought that was actually kind of cool. That clown was creepy as fuck. Ended up having kind of a like when you saw the backstory, you're like, oh, that's actually that's actually kind of sad. Um, do you do you know who played him? Oh yeah, um, Drew Carey's brother. Yeah, yeah. Not like Drew Carey in real life, Drew Carey, but like from the Drew Carey show. Yeah, his brother. Yeah, and that shit television show yeah who also comes back and has a major role in my personal opinion the greatest american horror story season so far which is 1984 okay yeah i'm excited for that one um and yeah but i actually like overall i i like it it didn't have me in the first part but it 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 got me in kind of the latter half of the season so like it turned out like it 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 kind of blew my expectations away in the sense that, like, I wasn't real hot on it to start with. But then, like, the more I watched of it, I was like, okay, this is still isn't my favorite season. But I f- ended up liking a lot more in it than I thought I would. Um, so, yeah, overall, like, better than I thought it would be. Um, but probably bottom of the rankings for the four seasons I've watched. Um, yeah, that's fair. It wasn't the best. Yeah. And I, I, I still think that that show's greatest addition has been Kathy Bates. She just kills it. She's yeah, so Kathy Bates is amazing. Yeah. And uh oh, what's her name? That they added to the young girl. 
I can't think of her name right now. Uh, I think she's really good in it too. Um, so, yeah. And the next season you get, oh, you get American Horror Story Hotel next. Oh, yeah. Which I actually like that season. That's been, like I was looking at it the other day and I was like, all right, whenever I'm going to start this. And then I was like, hotel? Eh, I'm kind of curious this what is, this, this is. This is the season where things like really start like spanning uh, the American Horror, Horror Story universe. Oh, okay. Like they don't, like there's some references to past seasons in this upcoming hotel season, but going forward there's lots of references to this season in later seasons oh the hotel season oh, okay yes. oh interesting i'll, have to, I'll remember that when big, i watch it there's a big tie-in with the witches oh in this hotel oh cool down the road not to not to give you spoilers that's fine also one of the uh main killers in american horror story 1984 oh, okay he is actually in this season in the Ooh. hotel interesting so yeah, so like you pay like this is one that you maybe pay a little bit more attention to because when you start hitting the next two or th- two seasons, the Armageddon season for sure. Uh, they do callbacks to this one. Right. Where, yeah. Okay. All right, that's good to know going into this this next season. Yeah, which is season eight is the Armageddon one. I, yes, season eight they tie back into the hotel one a lot. Okay. That's good to know for this next season. I can kind of take a mental like, okay, pay attention to a few of these mm. parts. Okay, I I liked it. And Lady Gaga did really well. She did really well. Yeah, I'm excited as an actress in this in this season. Yeah, I'm I'm excited and, for her and then too. Then you get, then you get Roanoke, and I didn't really care for that season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that one's like, what the kind of locale of that is, like what the crux of that is. That's the one I told you about. That's got Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Oh. Where it like centers on like the Roanoke massacre or something like that, and oh. it's a documentary crew that's there filming a movie about it. Oh right! And it's like simultaneously like the real people and then the people who play those people. It's like yeah, I see. I think I would actually it, be into that one. It's it's interesting in that regard, like how it is shot and filmed. Right. But like the story itself didn't overly do it for me. Right. But yeah, we'll see. But. I just can't wait for you to fucking make it through all these and get to the Armageddon season and then the fucking 1984 season. Yeah. Yeah, those latter seasons is what what I'm really kind of excited to get to. It's just kind of like I've got to watch the other, like, 85 hours of this show to get to that point. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, the 84 season was... It's still hands down my favorite, but I think, personally, you're really going to enjoy the... uh, season i think it's season seven or eight the apocalypse season you're really gonna like that one because that's the one yeah season eight that's the one where like they reference the hotel the witches like there's lots of fucking tie-in with that one it goes all the way back to tie into season one's murder house oh really so it's like kind of the the tie-in of everything yeah okay Hmm. interesting yeah i'm excited to watch more Mm mm-hmm that's my uh, that's my stint on American Horror Story. Yes, yes. And then you, Mandalorian. Is there a second season or is this the first season? Uh, second season. So it started. It's out now. Uh, well, so they do the weekly well, thing. Some of the episodes weekly. Yeah, yeah. All of it is weekly. Um, which is the same as what they did for the first season. Um, and it actually doesn't bother me for the Mandalorian just because of how that show is. Um, like for the most part, there's like 
uh, with that show, there's like kind of an overarching plot thread, but then each individual episode, and this is, I think, why it's so good, is just kind of a tight-knit story for an hour, or like an hour and ten minutes. Like, it's just they tell a really good Star Wars story for an hour, and then mm-hmm. it, it kind of just slowly progresses the season's plot, but like each episode is kind of its own little discrete thing that kind of ties into a bunch of other stuff. Um, so, yeah, the first episode um, came out for that and it's still really good so i'm super impressed with it so far it was maybe i'll try and tackle that in the next <clears throat> couple of weeks i still haven't watched the first season so yeah and it was like i i kind of got like a little bit of my old school excitement for star wars back in me because it was like okay like i was like driving home from work and uh I was like, oh, what am I going to watch when I get home? And then I was like, oh, right, that new Mandalorian season. And I was like starting to get really excited. I was like, yeah, I'm excited to watch some Star Wars when I get home. And then I watched it, and I was like, this is really good still. So, yeah. Yeah, they're still doing really good. So, I don't want to go too in-depth with spoilers, because, like, there's some kind of... Like, they bring some Star Wars stuff in that from other stuff... Let's just say that, and it seems all right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I don't want to get into that too nitty gritty in case people want to watch that. But yeah, no, it's it's solid. If if people liked that first season and how that first season was structured, which is like, hey, here's this overall plot that they're kind of moving forward, but each episode is kind of the, its own story that kind of advances that. It looks like they're still doing that, and it's still really good. So, yeah. Well, that's reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all I got on The Mandalorian. Fair enough. I actually watched a boatload of stuff this week. Yeah. I, mean, you got, mm. I shouldn't say a boatload. I caught up on uh, Supernatural. Okay. Which it's like, oh, fuck, really, you guys? Like, you're running out of time. Please. Yeah. Fuck, please. Start, please. start laying some bricks. Yeah, I didn't. I, 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 this was just me catching up on the previous week's episodes. I okay. did not watch the one that aired this Thursday. Right. But again, it was like a whole random episode where they go and do their fucking Sam and Dean ghost hunting shit. And right. then again, the last 10 minutes of the episode, they're like, okay, we need to talk about our plan for the actual story arc of right. this series finale season. Yeah, and you're just and like, hey, so, pst, guys, yeah. it's ending soon. Like... Hey, yeah, look over I here. Just, I'm super. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified that they're not going to be able to wrap it up nicely. Yeah. That they're going to try and shove too much stuff into like one or two episodes. And it's like. Yeah. And it all could have been prevented. It's just like, why are you still doing filler episodes? Like you. I think. You have a subject matter at hand. Like you should really be I think, going after this main story. I think that's a case if they've been doing that exact same formula for fucking like, what is it? 23 fucking seasons or whatever it is. Like. That they're just like this is the formula. Like, I I bet that's a case of like this is just what this show is. Yeah, yeah probably. So, which I but I it's still I, good and entertaining. Oh yeah, for sure. Just concerned. That's yeah. All. No, I'm. I've got so much of that show to back catalog that it's. I just need to and like start putting it on in the background. Um, as I'm doing stuff, to just to kind of. Yeah, you're a ways behind. Yeah, I I want to say that last season I watched the most of was when the mum came back. And then I want to say I watched that season and then some kid got introduced 
Jack. I think that sounds right. He's got powers. Jack the Nephilim. Yeah, that sounds the right. The son of Satan. Yes, okay, yeah. And uh, he was in it for a while, and then that's kind of where I dropped off. So. Well, you're a little further than I thought, because I remember once upon a time, not even that long ago, asking if you had uh, been watching the new stuff, and you said no, and we had that long discussion about how, like, <laughs> and, like within, like, a season and a half, they pretty much, like, resurrected everyone that's ever fucking died on that Yes, show. and I think that's, like, right around when I checked out, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to step back for a bit, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, so well, that's reassuring that I, because I haven't actually looked on how much I've got to catch up. So if you're saying it's actually not like a terrible amount, then I'm all right with that. But yeah, it's not terrible. Just some questionable decisions. But I mean, yeah, fair enough. I'll reserve final judgment until I see how they wrap this all up. As long as they don't end it like they did with fucking Dexter. Yeah, fair enough. Well, hey, at least they're trying to fix Dexter now. You want to know what my fear is? What? My my biggest fear for an ending of this series is they, like, do their big fucking, and I won't say anything of what, but, like, they have their big final fucking battle, and the end result is it, like, wipes out, you know, the monsters and the demons and all the bad shit in the world and kind of, like, sets them back to, like, living a life where they didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. So, like, the end of the series is just like, okay, you guys did all this great work, and then you finished your big battle, and now the world is completely free of ghosts and vampires and yeah. demons and all this other shit. And it, then, like, the episode ends where it's like, oh, Sam and Dean grow up to live a normal life, and Dean's a mechanic, and Sam goes off to college and falls in love and gets married, and, like, that's the end. Oh, you bet that's how it's going to end. It's a CW show. I'm going to be so fucking upset if that's how they oh, end dude, it. Oh, dude, you're... Dude, you're—it's a CW show. That's exactly how it's gonna end. Like they're gonna wrap that up in the prettiest little bow. And if if you think any any otherwise, then you're you're not watching a CW show. Well, we'll I, sh- see. I think you That's should. my fear, though. Temper to those expectations. All of those seasons is gonna be heartbreaking if that's the route they take. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But. but I did also start watching Seduce. Okay, so what's that? That is the other Nixium okay, documentary. Okay, right, right. Okay, yeah, that was the one you messaged me about. Okay. Yeah, so that's being done by India. Yeah, the daughter of that chick. Yeah. So how's this one? Uh, It's interesting because it's a little more in-depth. Oh, okay. Right, like, so my biggest, well, not my biggest problem, but like, you know, whatever that fucking guy's name from yeah, yeah. The Vow. Yeah, yeah. The dude, yeah, who's a director yeah, and yeah. shit and got involved. And yeah, so I never actually looked if I assume because he wrote that documentary and then got involved in Nixon that he's the one spearheading the vow documentary. At least that's the feeling I got because he's like the center point telling the story, connecting people and all that other shit, right? Yeah, I have no idea. I, it, you would yeah. think he would have some sort of involvement in it being that he made documentary Yeah, especially because he's like a, a central character in yeah, this whole documentary. For sure. Or a central person. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> he obviously neglects. He doesn't obviously want to paint himself in a bad light. So well, like yeah. a lot of the shit you see in the vow, you see where he admits, you know, he did some things that he's not proud of and right. stuff. But you don't really see it in her documentary. She's like, oh, this happened. This happened. This happened. And the, he was at the responsible for this. And this guy fucking did that. And so like she's like straight out, like just naming a- names, calling people air in their yeah, dirty like, laundry. Yeah, like, granted, that dude was wrapped up in the cult thing and bought yeah. into it and kind of went full fucking bore. You don't really know just how 
badly involved he was and then she starts telling stories about yeah, different okay. things that are going on and different people who head up certain programs and right. different people who are involved in this and you're like oh like he wasn't just actively involved he was a piece of shit oh yeah Hmm. Which is interesting because yeah. in his version of the documentary, he doesn't let you know how big of a piece of shit he was. Yeah, which is fair. Um, yeah, uh, you, you don't want to make yourself look like an asshole yeah. in your own documentary. If it is his, I honestly didn't look it up. But So that part was interesting. Okay. Uh, it's mildly annoying, though, to be completely honest with you. Oh, really? Because she's revisiting, like different locations where different things took place and stuff. And they, she covers more stuff in depth, like... They have, what do they call it, the Vanguard Week. There's a whole episode where they talk about Vanguard Week, which is like they rent this massive place in like upstate New York, and it's like a massive summer camp for adults. Right. Like thousands of people show up, and it's like a big thing, and the whole week ends with uh, Ranieri's birthday. Right. I remember it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He, he, like, he vaguely talked about it in The Vow. Yeah. But, like, she does a whole episode on it where, like, you see pictures and you see, like, the kind of stuff that actually takes place during there. Oh, really? It's like, yeah, so it's definitely seen another side and no, okay. a little bit more in-depth to some stuff that you would have wanted to know. But what I find incredibly annoying is the way she's portraying herself. Oh, really? Because, like, based off of, like, watching The Vow, it's like she was deep in there. She yeah. was brainwashed. Yeah. She was right in there, you know, ready to go down with keith at his side and while she's telling her side of the story she admits that you know she got sucked into this and she was kind of brainwashed but everything she does she kind of plays it off like oh she's a double victim oh okay like no like not to take away or like victim shame like she definitely was a victim in this right like, there's no doubt about that right she was manipulated and used and abused and all this other stuff not saying otherwise but it's not like the that vow being, where they like not to maybe the extent that you would want but like they kind of admit like yo i was kind of a piece of shit um kind of thing like she doesn't do that kind of kind of not like what she does is she'll sit there and be like she'll tell I don't know, an aspect of something that happened. Like when she ended up like joining that DOS program and getting branded. Right. And she'll sit there and be like, oh, I was brainwashed into this. And then she'll tell you like, I knew this was bad. I knew this was a bad idea. Oh. I knew I shouldn't have done it. Everything was going off in my head telling me to run away, but I didn't. And now I'm branded. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Oh, it's like, okay. She's playing the victim, but at the same time playing not the victim, which then somehow leads her to be playing the double victim. I don't know how to explain it. You'll have to, you'll have to, new episodes air every Sunday. So there's two out. The third one will be out tonight. You'll have okay. to check it out for yourself. It's just the way she goes about everything. Every time she tells the story, it's this was happening. And then all of a sudden I was told that this is going to happen. And I knew it was bad. I knew it was wrong. I knew I shouldn't have done it. But I still did it. And I don't know why I did it. It was such a terrible thing. I can't believe I would do that. And it's like, I don't know. It just, it seems too, it seems too much. Like it's yeah. one thing for you to go, look, they told me to do this. And like, I was in a weird state, state of mind. And I went, okay, yeah, no, I'll do this for Keith. I'll do this for Ali Mac. I'll do blah, blah, blah. I was right enveloped and just right into this world. And I didn't know any better, but instead it's like, I did this. I know I shouldn't have done this. Don't blame me for doing this. I'm also the victim in this. Yeah. Like, it's like she's trying to cover all of her fucking bases, mm. you know? Yeah. Fair enough. It's it's weird. But it, yeah. it's good, though. It's interesting. Like, okay. The, 
the vow got me into it because the first couple episodes were super intriguing and then in my mind it kind of petered off got less interesting and didn't really get my attention my full attention back until the right season finale right and so far this has been the same thing i've both episodes were like holy shit mm. like i'm right into it again so i'm i'm curious to see how the remainder of this docuseries plays out like yeah and it was around the third episode of the vow where things kind of slowly started petering off for me so i'm excited to watch tonight's episode and see like is this still super intriguing am i still like yeah absolutely involved yeah and like I'm, I'm, when we were talking earlier this week um like you texted me about that and i was like i was like okay that's kind of interesting but then like I, I think i had a thought later that day where i was like i, I actually don't know if i need another documentary on this nexium like the vow kind of did it for me i was like i don't know if i want to watch a second one aside from like that that's second season i was like i don't i don't know that this is i mean yeah i'll probably add it and and check it out and and throw it on just to if i want a documentary one night maybe i'll throw it on um but i think it's worth watching just for the simple fact that you get to see the other side that mark doesn't tell you okay like if mark is actually involved with the production of the vow Seduced? he's only telling you what he what it is yeah he's he's obviously only like i'm gonna double check right now because i have to know if mark was actually like involved aside from i just added seduce to the pvr so you've convinced me well it's just it's just interesting to see the other side because yeah. like whoever was in charge of the vow right like it's it's very apparent that you're hearing one side of the story right and like yeah, they sure. say there's there's two sides to every story right so it's it's interesting to see the side that gets portrayed with uh oh directed by tim him him and him okay so it doesn't look like uh mark he didn't direct it huh. and he he didn't write it so i should stop slandering his his name unintentionally yeah. but i mean they they definitely like immediately just off the first two episodes i see the picture that the vow painted which is like interesting right. absolutely but then when you go and see the other side where she's telling you all the stuff that they obviously left out of the vow where they were like, Hey, yeah, this stuff did happen, but we want to fo like the vow. The focus was clearly on Keith and that cult and the horrible things that the cult was doing as a whole. Right. Whereas her documentary is like, yeah, I'm going to tell that side. I'm going to tell you why Keith is a bad man. Why Nixium is a bad cult. Right. But I'm also going to tell you like, here's all like the detailed shit of what was going on. And like, yeah, Sarah Edmondson, not as innocent as she says, like, she was a victim too, but she also took part in some of this terrible stuff. Mark, yeah, he's a great guy, and he got out, and he was actively involved in exposing and bringing down Nixium. But when he was in there, he was also a piece of shit, right? Like right. it's, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my seduced rant. I'm very much into it. If it keeps up at this pace, I honestly might even think it might uh, might overtake the vow as as the one I find the most interesting. No, okay. Yeah, I added it to the PVR, so maybe I'll. You you kind of got me like, nah, I'm kind of curious, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll actually check that out. At the very least, just watch one or two episodes That's so you thinking. can see what I mean, so I know I'm not crazy. When like she tells her side of the story, where I feel like she's doing some weird like victim, victim, double victim. Forgive me, but I'm smarter than that. But I'm not smarter than that because it happened. It's just weird. 
her attitude is very weird towards it. Uh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll and then I watched three other things this week. Yeah, you were on a roll. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, I know. It, it, so, like, I wanted to bring this all up because, well, with the inheritance, that one was on Netflix. But the other two, You Were Never Really Here, which is the Joaquin Phoenix one. Okay, yep. I don't know if you saw that one. No. Okay, so I'll, I'll go into details of it after. But so You Were Never Really Here and The Report are both, like, film festival movies that got, like, a bunch of praise and film dance awards but weren't, like, blockbuster movies. Right. And so, like, when I was trying to see stuff to watch, there's, like, a whole, like, section I came across. I don't... And I, it wasn't, like, labeled anything in particular. But it was, like, all these amazing, like, really intriguing movies that are film festival movies. Yeah. Which is, like, where I think... I, I didn't know because, like, I don't... Other than a few Amazon TV shows that I, like, religiously follow, I don't really go on Amazon for their movies. Right. But, like... I'm starting now that I'm browsing their movie section. It's like, oh, wow. Like maybe you don't have a whole bunch of crazy killer Amazon original movies. Right. Like Netflix does. But like they're hosting a lot of like top tier shit, in my opinion, that like Netflix doesn't fucking have. Right. Like all like I love fucking like Sundance movies. Right. And you don't really see those hit theaters for the most part. No. Or if you do, it's like years after they aired at Sundance. Or right? you're going to the art house theaters. Like there's an art house theater um, a little bit of ways um, from where we live that me and a buddy used to go to every year and check out a bunch of art house movies. That would have been these. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I, I, I feel what you're saying because like it's fi- finding a place to watch those movies that isn't a film festival, you know, can be kind of tough. So. Yeah, so, like, just discovering this, it was like, oh, man, like, there's, like, a whole bunch of stuff on here that I never would have imagined I would have been interested in or intriguing. And, like, while I was waiting for my fiancé to, like, finish doing her makeup or hair or whatever, I was just, like, making a list of all these, like, for lack of a better term, like, film festival-esque movies. Yep. And, like, I have, like, a watch list on Amazon now that's, like, 13 movies long. There you go. That I never would have discovered had I not just started browsing. Like yeah. Amazon, to me, was always just like they're really up in their game and crushing it as far as Amazon original TV series. Yeah. But lo and behold, they're fucking crushing the game as far as like these incredibly unique, well-crafted films. Oh yeah. Yep. No, they're solid so with like, those. Yeah. So like the first one we watched was the report. Yep. With uh, Adam Driver. Yep. I. I haven't seen that one, but it's been on my list because um, it seems like it's right up my alley. I just haven't got a yes. chance to check it super, out yet. Super intriguing because yeah. it's it's based on a true story. It's yeah. about the report about how the CIA uh, came out with like new enhanced interrogation techniques, EITs as they called them, yeah, after all which the allowed them to torture people and waterboard them and like yeah. not let them sleep for five days and shit like that. Yeah. Only to find out that, like, the people who invented this program claimed that it was backed by science. And it was literally just two fucking guys who have, like, psychology degrees who have no experience in any sort of interrogation in their entire lives. And just thought, hey, we can torture people. And sold that fucking torture plan to the CIA for, like, $9 million. And then the CIA used it. And all the people working for the CIA who are, like, witnessing this shit go down were like, hey... 
This shit's Up fucked. The chain of command. I don't like this. This is not working. We're not getting results, and I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And the CIA just kept like burying it and going, "Oh, too fucking bad. We're mm. we're gonna get results." Right. And they they didn't. And it's wild. And yeah, you'd have to. You'll. It's on your list, but it's yeah. it's super intriguing. And then like the worst part is, is it's just kind of like the. It's very much in line with the Snowden movie. Yeah. Which where is- like people are like, "Oh, this guy's kind of a piece of shit. He's a whistleblower. He's letting everyone know." And it's like, "Well, no, like." The U.S. is torturing people for no reason whatsoever. And, like, yeah, it looks bad on the U.S., but it looks even worse if they don't acknowledge they made a mistake and do what they can to fix it. Yeah. And the worst part is, is, like, nothing came of this. The report came out. It became perfectly evident that this had happened and was happening. Yeah. And it had ended now, but there's no repercussions. Guys who full-on tortured people got promotions and raises and moved up the chain of command is just it's kind of fucking disheartening and sickening but yeah i feel like that's kind of how that shit always ends up going right but which is yeah so yeah an I, incredibly I, interesting and captivating movie oh yeah no it's it's been on my list for a while i just haven't got around to it yet um yeah because adam adam driver really knocked it out of the park with that one i feel like he's solid in pretty much everything um so yeah mm-hmm and then the other one I watched was You Were Never Really Here right. with Joaquin Phoenix. Right. And the premise of that one is he's an old, I don't know if he's retired FBI or retired military or both. Right. But he basically is like a gun for hire, but not gun. He doesn't actually really use guns. But basically you hire him and he goes and like um, gets kids, like kids who've been like kidnapped and are being like trafficked and shit. Okay, yep. And it's based on a, I think it's a John Grisham Grissom book. That it's based right, on yeah. a book. But the plot seemed really good. And Joaquin Phoenix did really good, like, in his role in that film. Right. But it was kind of, like, weird and sporadic. Oh. And just, I don't know, poorly filmed, in my opinion. Like, there was some, some really interesting... issues, maybe, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it just seemed to jump. Yeah. To jump... With no reason. Mm. And not like, you know, sometimes films will jump from one thing to the next and it's like, okay, we're jumping here because we assume that you know this, this, and this. Yeah, the, the pacing like, of I'm it, right? Like they're, they're matching the pacing mm-hmm. with what with their story. Like you, you kind of got to give ups and downs, right, to the people watching it. And it, it, there's a flow to it. And if you get that flow off, then people are going to notice it, right? Because it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely didn't have a very good fucking flow to it. And then there's just some, like, scenes that were like, okay, this is unnecessary. Why is this in here? And some of that stuff. So, like, I don't know. We both finished watching it, and we were kind of like, meh. I don't know how I feel about this. It was, you know, Joaquin did a, he did a good fucking job, but. Yeah. But, yeah, just not super amazing nonetheless. Yeah, fair enough. And then the last one we watched, which was last night, was uh, Inheritance. Okay, yep. Which I'd never heard of. Yeah, I don't. But turned out to be real fucking good. Okay, so what is it about? So it's Lily Collins. Ooh, I like Lily Collins. And, oh man, now I forget his name. Chase Crawford. Okay, yep. A.K.A. The Deep. Yep. And Simon Pegg. No. And the whole premise is this guy is like a big time like Wall Street banker. Okay, yep. And he has a son and a daughter, Chase Crawford, who is a like aspiring uh, political guy. I think he 
one governor and is in the midst of running for re-election as the governor of New York. Okay. And then his daughter is like a public defender. I think she's the attorney general. This sounds familiar. I want to. So I think I kind of know what you're talking about now. Like a passing away at at the very beginning of the film. Okay. Yeah. So he leaves his like will, and like you know divvies up this to the to the now widowed wife, and then the son gets ten million. But he only leaves $1 million to his daughter. Oh, okay. And then after everybody leaves, the lawyer comes and talks to her privately and says, he also wanted me to give you this. And he wanted to give this to you. He wanted me to give this to you in secrecy. So it's like an envelope. She opens oh. it up. Inside is a USB flash drive. She watches it. It's a video that her dad recorded where he basically goes on and says, like, look, I didn't want to do this. If you're seeing this, then it means... I never mustered up the strength to tell you, and for that, I'm sorry. Either that or I died before I got a chance to tell you, and I'm sorry. I hate mm. to do this to you, but I'm leaving you this inheritance, and it's now your burden to bear. And then tells her uh, her inheritance is by the old like treehouse she used to make in the woods. So she goes out there. It's a bomb shelter. She goes into the bomb shelter, goes inside, turns on the lights, and there is Simon Pegg basically with a collar and a chain around his neck tied up in one of the rooms in this bomb shelter. And he's old. And he goes on to tell her that her father locked him in there and he's been held in this bomb shelter captive for 30 years. I kind of really want to watch this now. That sounds super intriguing. And and now she's kind of like, oh, fuck, like... Like they set it up through like uh, yeah. throughout the beginning that like her father wanted her to go into like private law, right. and, you know, like help protect his rich banker friends. But she went into like public law and became an attorney general and is now like oh, going okay, after yeah. the rich bankers. Right. So like they kind of play it off like he's, you know, kind of ashamed that his daughter is doing, you know, low income work when she could have been a gazillionaire doing like big time law. Right. So like I'm proud of you, but I'm not proud of you like this whole yeah, so it's really intriguing because uh, um, Simon Pegg, like, absolutely fucking nails, nails his role. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's incredibly intriguing, like, the whole plot. Because, like, she's a public defender and she's vowed to do right in the world. And now she finds out, like, okay, like, my brother's running for re-election. My dad just died. My mom's a wreck. And now I find out that there's this guy who's been chained up in this bomb shelter for 30 years. Like, what do I do? Yeah, that you pitching kind of the start of this movie has me, like, kind of really wanting to watch it now, so. Well, and, and for this role, Simon Pegg lost a ton of fucking weight. Jesus. Like I just, yeah, you just yeah. sent that picture. Damn, and not only, like, he's also looking pretty fit there. Good for Simon Pegg. Yeah, like, slimmed right down for this role. Like, he wanted to, like, play... You know, he wanted to look the part of someone who's, you know, been in captivity and not, like, actually eating well or anything like that for 30 fucking years. Well, I'd say he successfully did that transformation. Because, damn. Yeah. So, it, it took me by surprise because it's definitely, like, a, a mystery suspense but a psychological thriller because, you know, if you watch the trailer, he says right in there, he's like, I'm going to sit down. And he's like, by the time I finish telling you my story, you're going to release me. So it's this whole like him telling her like, hey, this is the story. This is what's happening, who I am, how I got here and her struggling. Like, do I release him? It's the right thing to do. But if I do, is he going to 
right. go to the authorities? Am I going to ruin my whole family's legacy? My brother's trying to be a governor and, you know, my mom oh, just lost yeah. her husband and all this inner turmoil. Right. And it's Lily Collins. And she's like, she's a fucking phenomenal yeah, actress she is. too. I right? really like so, her. Yeah, I really yeah, want to check this out. It was super out. intriguing. We were both like super happy with the whole thing. Yeah, and that sounds really interesting. I really want to check that out now. You've yeah, s- highly recommend it. If you have like, if I didn't sell you on it, watch the trailer and you'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm in. And it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm totally gonna check that out because that sounds super interesting and super up my wheelhouse. Hmm. So, hey, good for Netflix. Doing something right. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to see something good after watching You Were Never Really Here. <laughs> Fair enough. Need a little palate cleanser. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I wanted to like that movie, especially because, like, everyone raved about his uh, performance in it. And he did perform in it well, but the movie as a whole was just not... Not that good? Not for me. Yeah, fair enough. No. And that's always the shame, is, like, when you watch a movie where you're like, huh, oh, this movie really isn't hitting it for me, but, like... The performance is so strong that you're just like, but I recognize that that person did a really good job. You know, that's always, Mm -hmm. I find a hard thing when it's like, oh man, I didn't like that movie, but I actually really liked how they did that, like how the character was or whatever. So, yeah. Interesting. Netflix killing it with their (laughs) movies, I think. That's where they're, that's where they're killing it nowadays. Like I, I'm trying to think of a, and mind you, I haven't checked out a lot of their like other movies, but like. Any time I've pulled up a Netflix movie, like I've been satisfied with it. So. Yeah, but I mean that being said, fucking with their uh, with Amazon acquiring these like film fest movies. Yeah. They're not they're not lagging. That's no, for sure. No, no, I think they're catching up pretty quick. So. Yeah, Amazon Prime people, yeah. it's good. You should check it out. Yeah. But uh, that is all I have. I think that's all seen I have seen this week. Yeah, that's it's all. gonna be a busy night tonight though, because I gotta watch this week's Archer, this week's Supernatural, this week's Seduce. The new episode of the Comedy Store comes out tonight, so I gotta watch that as well. Yeah, I've been uh, this week. I, I wanted to get that American Horror Story season done, and then now I want to finish up um, the last few episodes of the Lovecraft uh, Country Show. That I talked about mm-hmm. a while ago because that show, um, that show is really good, and I'm really curious to see where that ends. And I think there's like two episodes, so I think I'm gonna try to check that out. And then I really gotta start catching up on the Crown. So get ready to hear me talk about some British soap operas happening. Oh boy, I can't wait. I know. I'll try to make it quick. <laughs> but yeah, Dancing with the Stars is still good. There was a perfect ten this week, which was nice to see. Isn't that the second one this season? No, there was um that was that one early on where someone just got like one ten, um mm. out of the three judges, and then this week was the first simultaneous like someone got a perfect score, um which was nice, although I don't remember who it was, so yeah, but it's still good. All right, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's all I got. All right, well, then I will uh, catch you on the next one. Sounds good. Later. Later.